0: welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. It's great to have you with me. Listen, before I dive into my topics for this episode, I want to make sure that you are getting the free weekly newsletter that I send out, email blast, called Leading Thoughts. It's just a meditation from me about principles of leadership. I believe the hard factors, the firm factors in your life and work, you'll master the technical aspects, the computer aspects, the accounting aspects, the, uh, you know, the technical aspects aspects of whatever you do, flying your plane or running your plumbing business or whatever. But the soft factors, the leadership factors, the how to connect to people, the how to lead the organization, the how to create a culture, these are the things I talk about in Leading Thoughts, and it's free. So go on to stephenmansfield.tv, have fun, look around, but make sure that you sign up for Leading Thoughts. Every week, around midweek, we send you this thing, and it's free. And Trust me, we will not give your information away to anybody. Now, we're heading into the election. It's an exciting time. We're in the last, as I record this, 10 days. We've just had the second presidential debate, and we learned that they can behave themselves. Hey, good news. It was fairly civil, uh, fairly well organized, and Ms. Kelker, who uh, led that, who directed that, who was the moderator, did a great job. So I think all of us Americans finished not being as embarrassed as we had been the first time. Many of you will remember that I predicted long ago back in about May, um, that it was very possible, despite all that was against him, that Donald Trump might win this election. And I've said humorously on this podcast in recent weeks that it was as though Donald Trump heard me and in his stubbornness just decided to defy me. He has set himself on fire time after time after time after time, Uh, a, a, a rather poor campaign, a rather poor response to COVID, rather ridiculous interviews, et cetera, et cetera. However, as we are still about 10 days out from election day, November 3rd, it is still statistically possible for Donald Trump to win. I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm not telling you how I'm voting. I'm just saying it is still statistically possible. And so I think the election will be tight. If I had to bet right now, I would bet, or if somebody said, gun to your head, who's going to win? I would say Joe Biden, uh, just because I think there is a bit of a blue wave happening. But It is uh, difficult to predict because uh, nobody's an expert. Uh, The polls are often wrong. In fact, I was very interested. Uh, There's a gentleman I pay some attention to, a pollster and political prognosticator named Frank Luntz, L-U-N-T-Z, a guy I keep an eye on. He's often right, has good analysis. And he said this past week that if Donald Trump wins, he said, my profession is over, (laughs) meaning that... His profession of, po- of doing polls and prognosticating and predicting political trends he said he basically said I should just resign and my profession is over because right now he expects Biden to win if Trump wins he's basically saying all pollsters should just stop so almost every poll shows Biden winning only a fool would ignore that but it is still statistically possible this is true uh, experts are saying it uh, i've done my own little math uh, i'm saying it not that i'm any kind of uh, expert or any kind of professional pollster but the numbers are close enough if you throw out the if you consider the margin of errors, if you throw out the extreme polls run probably by an ideologically driven organization, if you look just at what's really there nationwide, it's still statistically possible for Trump to win, although Biden is ahead. So we're going to have a contentious election. We'll probably have a contested election. Uh, we'll probably have down ballot. A number of uh, elections have to be redone at the state level, state and local level, Um Right now, the, the, the smart money, and I mean that quite literally, by the way, Wall Street is betting, other people are betting, donors are betting, uh, major corporations are betting uh, that, that Joe Biden is going to win. But it is still statistically possible for Donald Trump. To win. Now, having said all that, let me talk about something that's more in my wheelhouse, and that is faith and politics. Uh, this past week, uh, a man that some, whose name some of you may know, John Piper, who's an eminent pastor and a Christian writer and commentator, wrote an article. And, um, it is, it is very interesting. It's, uh, the the title is something like politics, personalities, and ruin or something. It's along that line. Sorry, I didn't look it up before I got on the podcast, uh, but look up John Piper in his recent article. That's got the ruin in the title. (laughs) That'll help you. It's got three Ps and then the word ruin, um, And he makes a point that I think is going to be much of a factor in this election, and it certainly is the way many people of faith are feeling. He says that even though he could never vote for Joe Biden or the Democrats uh, because of where they are on a huge number of moral issues as defined by scripture, obviously abortion, obviously LGBTQ issues, uh, obviously other matters of taxation or perhaps uh, international affairs or perhaps propping up foreign dictators. He mentions all of this. Uh, he could never vote for Biden. He says what many Christians are not paying attention to is that even though Trump is right on some issue. Issues from a biblical perspective, again, abortion, LGBTQ, etc. Um, he is his character is such his boastfulness, his pride, his sexual immorality, etc. Is such that it is how also having a destructive effect on the nation, and so he has said, "I cannot vote for either one of them. I will either not vote for the for the president in the presidential race or." I will, you know, vote for someone else. Even, even Kanye, Kanye West is running. That's me talking, not him. I'm sure he won't vote for Kanye. Uh, but it was a bit of a shock to see Kanye West on a presidential ballot. Uh, and uh, he will not vote for either either of and, and the men and representing the two parties, but he will either write someone in or he will vote uh, for somebody else. I assume maybe the libertarian candidate or something. Uh, my guess is he'll write somebody in because even the libertarian candidate does not align with his values. Now, this is an important person to watch, an important trend to watch, and I'll have to tell you, given my the interviews that I have done, the people I've talked to, the folks I'm on the phone with from time to time, uh, fairly fairly well-placed and, and influential and active um, religious leaders in America, I'll have to say this is very much the sentiment. There are certainly those uh, evangelicals, those religious conservatives, Roman Catholics, etc., people who lean traditional, people who lean conservative in their theology and thus in their politics, Uh, who are going to vote for Donald Trump. No question about it. Uh, A great many people will vote for Donald Trump. He got 81% of the white evangelical vote in 2016. I don't think he'll get that this time. But the race is likely to be close. And if a lot of evangelicals do, as John Piper says he is going to do, or perhaps has already done, and that is not vote for the Republican or Democratic nominee, but instead uh, write somebody in, this could have a pretty huge impact on the election. What's more important to me than exactly how they vote is the sentiment. It's the fact that we are actually living in a country where a man like John Piper and many millions other others like him simply don't believe that the nominees from either of the prominent, most prominent two uh, political parties are people they can vote for, people whose very character they can support. You, you, you know, when Jimmy Carter ran against uh, Ronald Reagan and vice versa, uh, I don't know that anyone said that their fundamental character, the fundamental character of either man was so flawed that they couldn't be voted for. A conscientious, patriotic American could vote for either man from the standpoint of character and basic morality. And is he a patriot? And uh, does he is he basically honest? And is he being faithful to his wife? And does he love his kids? And you know he's not he's not trafficking anybody anywhere, or you know doing anything immoral. Uh, And what Americans are saying is they they don't believe that that's true of either one of these men. In fact, I hear interviews a great deal, read a lot of material, a great many people who say, absolutely, I'm voting for Trump. And no, I don't think he's personally a man of morality or character at all. Or I'm absolutely voting for Joe Biden. And no, I don't think he's a moral man. And I think his family is corrupt. And I think that Hunter Biden, you know, did do things that were immoral and perhaps borderline illegal. And I think that Joe enabled it. And that's how they've made so much money while this man is basically in Congress and, and, and you know, not making massive 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 amounts of money. Uh, That's fundamentally where Americans are. So, uh, zooming out from how John Piper is going to vote, zooming out from how some of my commentator friends are going to vote, what does that mean about America? That the cream is not rising to the top. That we don't have a whole lot of respect. For the senior leaders in this country, at least those who are the nominees of the processes. Um, I, do, I talk to many, many people who are uh, going to vote for Donald Trump. Uh, none of them believe that he's fundamentally a good man. I've had them literally say to me, I will vote for him because I think he represents some of the values I care most about, but I don't like him, don't trust him, don't want him in my home, don't want him near my daughter. I mean, literally, folks have said this to me, and fairly highly placed folks. And of course, there are folks who feel exactly the same way about Joe Biden. What does this mean? Going forward, long-term, this is almost the bigger issue. We're being told this is the most important election in our history. Okay, granted, it's an important election. I'm not putting that down. You, I've already said everything I have to say about this election, and you will vote the way that you vote, and God bless you as you do what your conscience dictates. Long-term, beyond the election, what we have to grapple with is this. Why? is our country so tormented? Why? Are we under the judgment of God? Is this what it looks like to be under the judgment of God? Have we displeased a living God who cares about America and is disgusted with this generation's immorality? Are we putting children to death in abortion? Are we allowing immoral behavior? Are we conducting ourselves in callous ways? Are we Sodom and Gomorrah of a new generation? I mean, we should ask ourselves those questions because there is a reason. I'm I'm not just always about analyzing what is, I'm about analyzing the meaning of of what is. We know who Joe Biden is, we know who Donald Trump is, we know who their vice presidential nominees are. We know the basic platforms of the of the parties. We know basically what's in contention in our country. But zooming out from that, about the nature of the country itself. You know, we should be living in a glorious time even with COVID we have technology, we have great wealth, we are prosperous. Um, we may have lost some respect during the Trump administration internationally, but we'll get it back. You know, we're still arguably one of the most powerful nations on earth. Um, we still fundamentally use our force and the world for good. Fundamentally, I, I can certainly list as many of you can, the places where we have not done that. And we have ruined nations and assassinated leaders. And I, I'm, I'm with that. I'm not denying that. But fundamentally, we are a force for good. In the world, we should be enjoying a great time, and yet we are unhappy, we are tortured, we are in contention with each other. Literally, the summer cities were burning, they may be again after the election, and we don't trust any of the elected leaders who are at least running for president, if not you know, leading the House and the Senate and perhaps even on the Supreme Court. We're literally about to put a nominee on the Supreme Court, whom I like very much, but who much of the country is going to see as illegitimate and a justice with a with an asterisk by her name. This is the nature of our politics. And the thought I want to leave you with, the thought I want you to grapple with and pray about it and, and, and conduct yourself about and draw conclusions um, regarding is, are we in fact under some kind of supernatural Divine judgment. Are we being dealt with as a nation? Is there something more than one of these two men winning, and thus the millennium dawning? You know, I've spoken out against messianic politics before. I'm not an overheated preacher. I'm not attempting to uh, walk. I don't walk around with a sandwich board sign on myself saying the end is near. (laughs) That is not how I think, or not even my theology. But beyond this election. We've got to ask ourselves, why are we in this stink to begin with? Why are we in this mud? Why are we in this bog of despond to begin with? The slaw of despond, as was said in Pilgrim's Progress. Why are we here? Because our country is in a bog, is in a slaw, is in a place of despondency. And we should ask ourselves why. Obviously, I think our country always has to look at its dealings with God. But I think each of us should ask ourselves this question. Now, I've got time for another podcast or two before the election. We will certainly talk about these things and what has happened. Where I am now, Mr. Biden is most likely to win, along with his vice presidential nominee, Kamala Harris. And of course, that will mean that Mr. Trump and Mr. Pence uh, go away. Uh, I could be wrong because the numbers are so close, that's simply where the betting money is right now. Beyond all of this, who are we? Why are we here? Why do we have such poor choices? And what does it mean for what America is meant to be and how she relates to her god and to her history? Ask yourself those questions. I'll come back to those matters soon. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker,